I'm Anya, and I spent decades compartmentalizing and suppressing the different parts of myself. I woke up at age 40 exhausted, confused, and completely out of alignment. These days, I am definitely not your run-of-the-mill bored housewife. So if you are tired of the shame narrative around sex and pleasure, and you're ready to be all facets of yourself, let's create sexual alchemy. Hello, lovers. Welcome back. Welcome back. I'm so excited to be with you all again. And I'm even more excited because of what we get to talk about today. You know, we hear a lot in the world of consciousness and community around the feminine, the divine feminine. We hear a lot about toxic masculinity. But what we don't hear a lot about is the healthy masculine, the divine masculine. Everything has a balance, right? And the individual that is here to talk with us today is going to dive into that with me, and I'm so excited. Christopher Lovestone is the Einstein of relationships. He's an ingenious certified sex educator who is breaking new ground in sex ed for men and couples. After surviving six divorces during his childhood, he went on to rewrite the rules of the relationship game so that people can actually win. His practical approach transforms people's ability to get what they really want in their long-term relationship. Through state-of-the-art communication tools, cutting-edge sex and intimacy education, and innovative relational strategies, Christopher is empowering people to exit relationship exhaustion and cultivate the intimacy of their dreams with their partner. And he just recently released a book called Conscious Cock, And folks, I am here for it. I am here for all of it. I'm so excited to talk to Christopher today. And all that said, Christopher, welcome to Sexual Alchemy. I'm so glad to have you. I'm I'm so glad that you're starting the episode with this intro about the divine masculine. Because the the word cock is, is a double entendre. Yeah. And yes, it means the penis, the phallus, the dick. Yes, it absolutely does. All those things. But it also means a rooster. Yeah. And as I was, I spent years searching for a symbol for the empowered, balanced, egalitarian, divine masculine. Yeah. And I just couldn't find one. Maybe Shiva, if you know the god Shiva from India. But that's not relatable for a lot of people in North American culture. They don't know Shiva. You know, maybe, maybe if they're into yoga, they might have touched on it a little bit or something like that. But, um, so, but a lot of people have grown up on a farm and had and had chickens, and sure. roosters are amazing. <laughs> they, now, if we just step back from thinking, oh, it's a funny little animal or a farm animal, and, and just pause for a moment and think of that that animal metaphorically, yeah, like his crow is loud and clear, and you can hear it for miles away. He has yeah. a powerful voice, and he's strong, and he's not afraid to fight, and he's got. Right amazing what do they call them talons claws spurs yeah. and you know if you ever seen a cockfight totally. these guys will battle to the death there is yeah. no fear there is courage there yeah. and they really look after the flock like they are out there they are protecting they're they're guiding they're shepherding you know so as i was and they're, they're beautiful have you seen their plumage their feathers oh my gosh. they can be epic to look at totally beautiful birds yeah so if we get past our like, oh, ha ha, funny, he's talking about a chicken thing and look at it metaphorically, like, wow, that is a powerful symbol for healthy masculinity. 
Yes. Right. So, but let, 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 you know, there can be the dark side of it, the shadow, sure. et cetera. But like, Absolutely. if we talk about bringing consciousness to that power, yeah, then it can be really beautiful and alchemizing, Absolutely. inspiring, right? And you can see qualities of leadership in there. Yeah. So I, I created this, this concept of a meditating rooster and that became my logo and the conscious cock was born. <laughs> And I see I behind it. you, you've got a rooster on your shelf there. And I'm I just do. Like, oh my God. Yeah. I do. do my understand? son, my son got me that for my, my birthday one year and I love it. And it is, it, it stays with me wherever I go. And I love, I love the symbology that you're talking about there. So I, I lived in the Dominican Republic for a little while and uh, cockfighting is huge there. It's oh, like their it? national pastime. Okay. So you're familiar with it. Yeah. I am. I am. It's not, not my thing as a vegetarian, as somebody who like, doesn't like oh, the idea of, of, so of the, it yeah. is super violent, but it is yeah. something that is everything that you're talking about. And in terms of how beautiful and regal they can be, um, it is true. So I love that. I love that. That's your, your, um, you know, whatever, whatever you call it, your, well, I had to have a symbol, an archetype, yes, something to symbolize sacred masculinity, divine masculine, if you want to talk about it in those terms, or we could just call it healthy, empowered masculinity. Healthy, empowered, right. You Absolutely. Uh, All of those We have things. to have a symbol. If we don't have, like, if there's not a flag, what do we rally to? Right. right. Like, if you can't create what you can't see. Right. Like, which is why it's so hard to break new ground. It's so much easier to copy somebody else that's doing it, which is what totally. the fuck I'm doing. I'm like, guys, <laughs> this is the system that I've worked out through 30 years of trial and error and diving into studying relationships and intimacy and sex and women, like this thing works for me. And I made yeah. a curriculum out of it, systematized it. And now I've got a how-to manual out there. Like this is the book no. that all, I was in 13 going to the library, trying to find stuff about masturbation. Cause I had questions. Yeah. Is this, is masturbation? Okay. Am I going to hurt myself? Is this normal? Do right. guys do it? Or is it just me? Like I had all the, I couldn't find the information. Yeah. So Yeah. We need to and have what, a textbook. And, and what I can is. say to people too is that I was telling Christopher that I was listening to the book this morning for a couple of hours before we hopped into this interview. And I will admit and confess that in the section, the way that you have the book laid out, it's beautiful, but you have, you know, kind of this understanding your partner section that talks a lot about women. And I was like, oh, please do tell me. Oh, please do tell me about myself. And you did a beautiful job. And obviously it's not because, I mean, you, you are working with women as well. I mean, this is not, this is a book for men. Absolutely, hands down. But what I can say as a woman who has read so many books on my own sexuality and on setting and stage and all of these things and about my arousal and all of that stuff, you did a beautiful job capturing the female experience for your male readers, right? Because yeah. that's your audience. They're lost. Guys don't understand women. They, yeah. they just don't get it. They're brought up with all these cliches and stereotypes and they're not taught how to actually engage. Yeah. They're not. They're, they're brought patriarchy, all the weight of this burden of our it parents' generation and our grandparents' generation right. programmed into us. And it's like, well, guys, we've got to cast off some of this programming and rewire ourselves or go through a system upgrade of, of like our concepts first. Yeah. Then like understand women, <laughs> they're not right, that right. hard. Right. <laughs> if like somebody gives you the keys, like they right. and shows you this is how it works. Like here's the, right. yeah. So it, <laughs> it really comes down to engagement, um, being in the present moment, yeah. sensitivity and being able to communicate what's inside of you and tease out of your partner. 
what's real yeah. for them because they might need support too. They might not yeah. have the toolkit to be able to bring out what's real for them. They might've had it beat out of them by oppression or abuse in their past, yeah. right? Like they may never have been empowered yeah. to speak their voice or have choice in their lives. So we, we get the amazing chance to help our partner mm. in addition to helping ourselves. It is a sacred mm -hmm. role. It is a beautiful dance. It is. It really is. And I'm assuming, you know, obviously this is work you have been doing, you said, yeah. for years. If we, if you don't mind, I'd love to kind of kick us back a little sure. bit and talk about, you know, I mean, even in your bio, you said you as a child went through witnessing multiple divorces in, you know, the landscape of your childhood and things like that. So kind of let's talk a little bit about what brought you to the point of being Christopher, the author who wants to write about healthy masculine. So if you don't mind kind of taking us back a little bit and walking us through, you know, some of that experience in your own kind of sexual coming of age and awakening um, that brought you to this point today. Well, I grew up in the country on a farm and in that little area, man, you know, all the girls were mostly pregnant by 15, 16. And mm. most of the guys, they just started drinking by the same age. And there was so much abuse in, in relationships, just guys being fat and abusive and women like just having to deal with so many children in the home, like just this typical old, old paradigm. And I grew up with my mother going through one relationship after another. And then there was cheating in those relationships. So, and, and then partners would shift and then that relationship would break up or somebody would cheat with somebody else. And it was just one fire after another, after another, all while people had the best intentions sure. trying to make the relationship work, but just it exploding in their faces and everybody getting burned in the fallout. And it just happened again and again and again. And I'm just like, oh my God, there has to be a better way. I don't want this in my life. So I rejected it. I'm like, fuck this. I want the awesome, sexy, you know, long-term relationship where it keeps getting better over time rather than imploding after three years um, and doing the surreal monogamy thing. So I started studying communication tools as a child. I started studying the body as a child. Uh, my mom had a really great book for women called Our, Our Bodies, Ourselves. I've got that. And God, I wish there was something like that for men, but there hasn't been. So I created it, at least a mini how-to version for it, or like mm -hmm. like how-to manual version of it for guys. Yeah. Um, and I got out in, into my young adult life, went to college, had sex for the first time at 18, a late bloomer, <laughs> you know, and then like right. I just started doing all the things that I saw um, the adults in my childhood do. I just unconsciously just repeated all of it, all the nastiness, even though I rejected it internally, I still did it all. I did the cheating. I did the lying and I broke hearts and, until I got my heart broken and like huge aha moment for me, stopped relationships and said, I'm just going to be single. I'm just going to be alone, be with myself. I've been in nonstop relationships for 10 years straight with no break, <laughs> overlapping yeah. relationships, you know? Right. And then in those two years, I really got to know myself mm. and I really became amazing. Like I really became full, not yeah. half a person looking for another half to complete themselves in that like Hollywood stereotype, but right. really complete in myself. Yeah. Didn't need a relationship, didn't need a woman, didn't need sex. I just kind of got to a place of radiance, mm -hmm. fullness. And wouldn't you know, as soon as I got there, bam, that's when I met 
my my wife, my life partner, she walked right. in when I didn't need her. And then, right. then that's like, of oh my course, God. that's when they walk in. It was just absolutely amazing. So we've been together for going on 17 years now, and it does get better and better over time. I've never stopped learning about relationship strategies and communication tools and uh, how to understand and dance with women. And I've never stopped learning about sex and I've never stopped evolving myself either. Mm -hmm. I've stayed engaged in my own evolution, my own mm -hmm. sexual evolution, erotic evolution, because I've changed over the years. I'm not the oh, same. Yeah. I don't have the same interests that I had when I was 20 or 30. These things change. Our propensities and our boundaries, they all shift. Right. So I never wanted to be a sex educator. <laughs> I never did. But I kind of went through the dark night of the soul when I bailed from going to medical school to become a doctor because that's what I thought I was going to do in my life. And yeah. As I tumbled through the darkness and the chaos of like, what's real for me? What's my unique gift in the world? Like it really came down to, I want to talk about sex and relationships and use my voice and my teaching ability. Yeah. So I started writing my thesis on relationships and sex and it became the book that we're talking about today, Conscious Cock. Yeah. Oh my God. What a, yeah. What a story. We all have one. And, and I love hearing kind of what brought you to the point of wanting to drop in with yourself on, on this topic and kind of deliver this to the world. So thank you. Thank you for doing it. Thank you for putting your, your emotion, your mental capacity, everything you've got into this. It's, it's, it's a great book and I'm really excited for the world to have it. Um, so as we think about kind of how I was mentioning a little bit earlier, you've got this structure to the book and you start the book out <laughs> by telling your readers to fuck their life. <laughs> and I, I want you to tell us what you mean by that. What does it mean to fuck your life? Okay. I don't mean go fuck yourself. That's not, <laughs> I, know, no, you I do, do not. not mean uh, your life is fucked. No, I don't mean anything negative. Like what I'm talking about is, um, the concept of not being in the back seat yeah. in your life, not being a passenger and watching your life float by, like you can imagine a passenger on a train or something like that, just, just watching the scenery go by, but getting in the driver's seat of your own life, mm -hmm. getting like giving yourself permission to make choices for yourself in your life. Because a lot of times we just like, we do all the things we quote unquote air quotes should do, right? Like yeah. I'm the good father. I'm the good husband, right? Like I bring home the money. Like I clean the house and do, I do all of the things. But then where am I in that? If I'm one of these people who's a nice person rather than a jerk, right? I'm not talking about egotistical assholes, right? Right. I, let me just say egotistical asses, not assholes. But um, if you're a nice, caring person, right? A lot of times we put, put everybody in front of ourselves put everybody else first. But then like as the years pass, we kind of wither on the vine. Our dreams fade and we go, wow, where, where am I? I've never, I'm not where I wanted to be. Right. right. So fucking your life is about actually making even micro choices uh, to, to, to make some pleasure in your life. Maybe it's getting the car that you really want. Or maybe it's the mattress that you really want or like watching that video that you really want or going and having a conversation with that person, whatever it might be, but actually giving yourself permission to, to choose to say yes to some of the things that you really want in your life and putting some groundwork under those things. Um, in other words, taking pleasure from being alive rather right. than letting life happen. You're like, okay, I'm alive. One of the things I want is this. I'm going to put some groundwork under that and move in that direction. 
Mm-hmm. Or just do the thing. If you can just go do the thing, that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, so take some pleasure from it. Allow yourself to enjoy your life. Go yeah. do the things you want to do. Fuck yeah. your life. Put it up against the wall. Nail it. And like, enjoy <laughs> it. Like, have yeah. some fucking juicy pleasure in your life. Go fuck your life. And do yeah. it as a practice every day. Every yeah. day, try to choose something that you can take pleasure from in your life. And go do that little thing. Maybe it's yeah. getting that little sweet treat that you want to get. That's fine. Whatever it might right. be. Maybe right. it's like... It could be anything that motivates you. Maybe you want to go to Bali. Okay, well, do some homework on Bali then. Even yeah. if you can't afford to go, but you can right. go watch a video about it. Like, like feed that desire in yourself and enjoy it. Absolutely. You know, as long as you don't go hurt somebody and be a jerk, you, what you're doing is you're honoring yourself. And the more you honor yourself, the better of a person and human being you are for everybody that is affected by you. Yeah. You become more magnetic, you become more radiant, you become okay. more inspiring, and you don't you're not this like wishy-washy backseat rag. Right. Ah, and let then people walk over you less then because you're more defined and evolved and more right. present in your life. So it's about taking pleasure in your life, getting in the driver's seat and making choices so that you 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 you're fueling your own fire a bit. Right. No, and when you and I were kind of talking before we hit record even, you kept saying a phrase, and it's one that I've heard a number of times too in different settings in my life, but like you kept talking about like what is alive for somebody right now, right? Like what is alive for me right now? And what you're talking about with this concept of fucking your life is like staying present to like what is it? Like what's lighting your fire right now? What is what's lighting you up? What is present for you? What is actually alive within your desire, within your being? And then take some fucking action. Mm-hmm. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> and some of us, I think we all experience at various points in our life that we have zero desire mm-hmm. and that when we ask ourselves, what do I want? We get nothing. Like the radar mm-hmm. is blank. We just get right. no feedback. And but that in itself is an interesting nugget of information to note and to sit with. Like, mm. wow, am I so prioritizing everybody else that I don't even have an opinion of something I want for myself? Holy shit. Or maybe yeah. it's the anxiety or depression. Like, like we live in these human bodies that we experience deep things. So it's great if you have clarity and you're like, oh my God, yeah, I've always wanted to be a pilot. Let me go take ground school and learn how to fly because sure. God damn it, no one's going to do it for me. I got to take action myself. But it, if you're like, wow, I just, I just don't even know what I want. Well, wow. Okay. That's information right there. Study right. that a little bit. Sit with that. Maybe think back Curiosity. 20 years ago. Was there something that you wanted to do as a child that you forgot about? You know, And then begin that investigation. And the more you know yourself, the more chance you have mm-hmm. to uncover things that are really going to light you up. Yeah. Rather than just accepting everything that comes and trying to get a few nuggets of pleasure along the way, which is what a lot of women do in bed with guys, right? They're like, oh, I don't really want sure. this, but hopefully I'll get a little pleasure somewhere here. Right. You know, like actually making choices to, to, to steer the ship in a better direction for yourself. Love it. So let me ask this. I, you know, having listened to the book, I there was so much in there that resonated with me, but I'm thinking what what would be some of the main things that you think that men have put upon them, you know, from a young age by the patriarchy, by society that you would really like, what are things that you're hoping that this book can help unravel and, you know, kind of help men reframe things in a new way? 
Oh God. You know, what comes up for me first thing just instantly is that there's this belief system, this concept, this worldview that guys, we just got, we're just, we're just, we grow up breathing it. It's the air that we fucking breathe. So it's hard to recognize that it's there because it's invisible, mm -hmm. right? We've just been, it's been, we've been swimming in the ocean of this idea our entire lives. So how do we even notice it? Mm -hmm. But there's this concept uh, that like women's stuff is for women to deal with. Mm. Like the, the tampon and pad aisle is terrifying for guys. Sure. Like they're, they're like, if they go down that aisle, they just look at this like meters or feet, yards worth of, of various products and pastel colors. And they're like, they just glaze over deer in the headlights and they try to get out of the aisle as quickly as possible. <laughs> right. There's this, you know, it comes from thousands of years where the women were kept separate when, when they were bleeding every month. Right. right. And then the guys were not allowed in during, during birth, right? Like stay out. That's women's business, right? This concept of women's business, yeah. air quotes. I just want to do away with it. I think it's bullshit. It is not helpful at all. What is helpful is human being business, right? It's yeah. part of the business of being in this human body. And if we can understand more about the human anatomy and physiology and biochemistry of each other yeah. and the changes that occur as we go from uh, a two cell being of the sperm and the egg growing through fetalhood into babyhood, toddlerhood, adolescence, young adulthood, full adulthood, maturity, old years, and then death. Hopefully we, we live a long life. Like there's a hell of a lot of changes that happen in there, regardless if you're, you've got male or female genitals, right? Like the more we understand about each other, the better we're able to show up as allies through our changes. And women's business, like, oh, menstruation, childbirth, like, no, no, let's learn about that, guys. Right. Let's take down the wall of resistance and allow ourselves to embrace the impacts that those things have on that person that we love. Yeah. Like, what happens for her every month if she's in her menstrual years between, yeah. let's say, 13 and 50? Does she have a pattern? Is it all over the place? Is she, is she even keeled the whole time? I don't know. It's a unique individual. Learn about her. Dialogue with her. Ask her. Watch. Observe. Study with from a place of support. Mm -hmm. You know, if we do that, then we can move from this place of like, oh, no, that's dirty. Oh, periods are bad. Oh, stinky, smelly. I can't handle that shit. Get away from me. You just go deal with that yourself. Away right. from that which it fosters separation and superiority and judgment right. and move into allyship and support. And like, it's such a beautiful thing. If you can do that. And I teach guys how to do this. It's not that hard to like observe and work with the changes that she experiences in her life, which might come on a monthly basis, you could say, mm -hmm. and then work in those, in that system and, and work with it and help yeah. her. Right. So if like if she's getting cramps and she's like emotional one day and like, oh, God, everything's just feeling like weights on her shoulders. You can actually show up and like, I don't know, make her some soup and get her a hot water bottle and say, hey, mm -hmm. let's watch your favorite show on the couch. Let me give you a little shoulder massage and just like work with it and dive into it with her. Mm -hmm. And then like, is there a time of the month where she's feeling outgoing? sassy playful fun, you know, like, right. That's when you want to plan the vacation weekend for guys. Right. Get it on the fucking calendar. Ask her, hey, when, we, what, work with her cycle, right? And then she experiences you as really fucking understanding her, mm -hmm. and that builds trust. And then, yeah. like, 
Inevitably, when you have trust, layers of armor come off in your sexuality and there's a deeper opening and the intimacy just goes through the fucking roof and you can touch God when you're having sex with each other. <laughs> like, like you can become the most stellar lovers that you've ever had in each other's lives ever. If you can understand the full reality of your partner and show up really accepting all of them, Fuck warts yeah. and all, Right, like yeah. periods and all, right, like, like, and and, but the same thing works in the other direction for women too. Men, totally, yes. But I'm saying that guys are are more programmed to not learn about women, sure, than women are to learn about men because women raise boys to be men. They understand about penises and erections and all this stuff because, like, yeah, they're involved in it their entire lives. Don't you think that this is like that? That stems from. I mean, for me. It- it boils down to lots of things. It boi- Actually, not lots of things. It boils down to fear, fear of the unknown. And then when we educate ourselves on what we don't know and what we've been taught is something to be afraid of because it's unknown, then then it opens up this whole world to me. And that's kind of what I hear you saying about men getting curious about women and how their bodies work and how it impacts their emotional states and how it impacts everything. And and vice versa, just like that curiosity that we could have with each other breaks down those barriers, creates unity rather than separation, dismisses fear and kind of brings us into love. And, and it just is this beautiful cycle of, of, yeah, that, that curiosity and that knowing of one another. And so I think fear to me is what is the genesis of so much of what does keep us separate. You know, if there's any guys listening to this right now, I'm just going to talk straight to them. All right, guys, Listen, if if your woman partner experiences that you only want her when she's pretty and flirtatious and fun and sexy and available, <laughs> then she's not going to want to really open up to you because she sees that there's a whole part of herself that she has to downplay, mm. that she can't really bring to the crucible of your relationship. But if you can learn to embrace the totality of her life her being then wow she realizes that you can handle her weight like mm. that you're actually going to be able to hold her when she needs to lean on you and then like oh, she's going to mm. want to give the world to you right yeah yep. i love it that's so true so there's another thing that i heard in the book that you don't like the word mansplain <laughs> And, and I, I wanted to it. talk about that a little bit. Of course you understood it. I mean, the yeah. way you talked about it, of course, you're like, yeah, why would people like to be spoken to that way? But I just wanted, I thought this would be a fun little thing to talk about because I was like, oh, that's interesting. Because as a woman, I don't know how many times, as a woman lawyer, I don't know how many times I've used this word to describe experiences that I've had. But I also want to understand the flip side of it. So I, I'd love to kind of be curious and hear a little bit more from that perspective of, of the word mansplain. And I don't know, maybe maybe you have something to share there. Oh, well, it, it's 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 <laughs> I, I hate the term because I'm trying to like help people and inspire them. Yeah. And I'm an educator and a teacher, so I have to talk. And I'm a man. I have a penis. So I'm explaining things. So people say, oh, he's mansplaining. And I go, oh, God, am I? Like, no, I'm not. I'm trying to help and educate and teach. Okay, mansplaining really comes down to me, like the, the term, oh, he's just mansplaining, of a guy who doesn't recognize your intelligence, wisdom, sure. and experience, and is condescending and judgmental and making a shit ton of assumptions that you might not 
he's assuming that like you don't already know all this already and you very well know, may know 10 times more than he does right yeah. you know he might be in kindergarten level and you might be the fucking phd <laughs> like right and he could be talking down and condescending to you because there's so much judgment of superiority there and so i get the term mansplaining but i yeah. also see that like there's a lot of man bashing going on in the sisterhood circles and goddess communities totally. and, i love that you you're know, calling it out i love that you're calling it out i see so many men doing good work in the world to change the world to support women to bring equality to have healthy family and home life right i see so many so like yeah we gotta watch out how we sabotage each other how we shame each other how we like pick and stick knives and needles in each other when we're trying here you know mm -hmm. we're trying mm -hmm. so i get it you know if a guy's a jerk he's a male supremacist just fundamental superiority and like misogynist like fuck yeah he's mansplaining fine no, yeah. i have no problem with it when it's real but like oh come on when it's just bandied about when when a guy is trying to do really good work or he, he's, he's starting from where he is and he's trying to course correct, right. man, you got to work with that and support it. Otherwise yeah. he might turn off and not try again. The, the, the fragile male ego we talk about, <laughs> right? If, if I'm like, if I need to feel like I'm the best lover in the world in order to feel okay in my life. And then if you tell me that you don't enjoy something or you faked your orgasm, like I shut down because my mm -hmm. ego is fragile because I, I don't have a lot of self-confidence. That's what we talk mm -hmm. about. So like taking baby steps to build confidence from a place of not having a lot of confidence, those baby steps can easily be pulled out from under us by a single shameful comment, a yeah. single cutting jab. Like, oh, you're just mansplaining me. Like, really? Like, check yeah. yourself. Look in the mirror and ask, is he really doing that? Or are you judging that? And it's not actually the case. Sure. You know, I love it. No, I I'm, thank you for indulging me in that because I thought it was like a, you know, it's a it's a it's a thing that does get thrown around a lot. Just the same way, I mean, we pathologize lots of things in our society, right? And so, like, you know, if you have had a relationship and and there was there may have been some nuance in there. There might've been some, you know, aspects of like emotional abuse or something like that. But the easiest thing in the world to say when you walk away from somebody is like, oh, and I think men get labeled this so much more than women. Oh, he was just a narcissist, right? Like, and, and so we, we throw these things out and we say like, oh, that's, that's just what it was. And that explains it all away. And it's like, you know, does it really, you know, there, there could be some narcissistic tendencies in there, but where did they come from? Let's unpack, like it's, it's, let's understand a little bit more what's going on. So I appreciated that. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Well, chauvinism is absolutely real. I want to just call it out. It's fucking absolutely. epic proportions. It is so pervasive. And there is a large undercurrent that is happening in this decade that we're in right now uh, of the sexual and intimate revolution that we're experiencing right. of guys moving into consciousness saying i want right. to move out of a chauvinism b paralysis c yeah. nice guy syndrome i want to move out of that i want i want to like get my juicy desires on the table and have a relationship where those things have a chance to be met well, and we don't hear that enough in the community from men because we like to believe that women have the corner on the market of this paradigm shift that you're talking about, right, into consciousness. And I absolutely love this this conversation that you're having because women don't want to be in that alone anyway. Like we need, <laughs> we need men 
and women in this together in that shift. And I, I completely agree. And to that end, I mean, you mentioned earlier this idea of like goddess circles and women's circles and things like that. And I've, I've participated in those types of things and, um, and I, I've gotten great, great depth out of them, great experience out of them and great self-understanding out of them. Do men, I, I of course understand that there are brotherhood circles and things like that as well, but like, is is there as much of that offered to men in in your knowledge base, like in in the groups that you are a part of and things like that? Is is there as much opportunity for men there, or is that something that we really need to be cultivating more of? And I can't do it because I'm not a man. But you know, what's your experience within the community around men supporting men the way that women oh, there's are doing? So much homophobia in our culture. Guys are so afraid of being of thinking that they're gay or thinking that other guys might think that they're gay or doing stuff that other guys would judge as gay. It's, uh, it's so tired. I'm so over it, but like, no, there's not as much resources. The, it's not as prevalent. Uh, men's groups, support groups, brotherhood circles, men's retreats, men's vacations that are not just locker room talk. Right? Yeah. Um, that aren't just guys going, drinking beer and, hunting for the weekend you know but like conscious stuff where we can actually <laughs> talk about sex in a positive educational supportive collaborative way those aren't very prevalent yeah and there's this, this deep judgment about going to any sex education or intimacy work uh, because it threatens this ego identity that we have as men mm -hmm. that we have to have it all figured out <laughs> that we know everything we need to know that we're masterful that we're the best like our ego like identity like yeah. so there's, there's not as much availability to begin with there's not as much interest from guys statistically so it's a it's a tough sell um to try to entice a guy to mm -hmm. join a circle like that unless there's some deep awareness in him that there's a need that he has yeah that can come on quickly like a friend dies and bam it wakes us up or it can come on slowly over time um, and bubble up into our awareness. Uh, and then we, we can have an aha moment one day. Um, but there's so much to be gained by having a space where we can talk about things that normally we can't talk about. Mm -hmm. Nor and, and the only place that most people go to that to be able to do that is like to a therapist. Mm -hmm. and, and that's great if you need therapy. But right. there's a lot <laughs> to be gained where you don't really need therapy yet. Like, right. Where you can, like, you can just talk about your experience of sex with your partner or the problems that you're having or the really good time that you had, but yeah. without diminishing her and objectifying her. And you know, yeah. like where we can talk about these things in our life. It's not a normal conversation to talk about our penises. Guys don't do this. Like, yeah. <laughs> but we live with this thing our whole lives. <laughs> and sometimes right. it gives us trouble. <laughs> right. And sometimes it feels amazing, like, but we never get to talk about this. So th they are available. I, I run a Facebook group. There's uh, it's called the Conscious Cock Brotherhood. It's a private group, men only. I'm the moderator. I make sure it's a safe space and we can talk about things. Your your successes, Very cool. your failures, your 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 the things you want to learn about. You know, we can talk about the concepts of my book and I share articles mm -hmm. that I come across on the internet that I think are helpful for us in building sex positive, healthy masculinity. Mm -hmm. I love it. It's so needed, right? It's needed on all facets for all humans, right? And so I think it just doesn't get near as much conversation around 
men. And I, I'm so glad that you're here to bring that, bring that conversation to light. You know, there's so many women, like let's say a married woman, she's a wife and they'll like roll their eyes and be like, Oh my God, could he please just go leave and hang out with somebody and like have a friend? This is yeah. You're laughing, right? Because it's I'm so laughing because I'm married and COVID, and, and I wanted my husband to get out and have a have friend. A friend. <laughs> totally. And I'm a guy. I experienced right. this in my own life. I, I'm quite a homebody. I'm quite happy at home. Like, and yeah. I have to push myself to get out there and do things with other people. Yeah. But like, it is so nourishing <laughs> when we do go do things with other people and fill our own tanks and then come home to our wife or our partner filled up yeah energy to share happy with some something to talk about that like feeds our relationship with some new inspiration from the outside like this is good <laughs> this is healthy yeah. stuff right we all need other people right uh so obviously this book is going to be for men, right? Grown, grown ass men. <laughs> but I'm sitting here thinking about the fact that I'm raising two humans that have male gender identity, at least at present, you know, that's how they're identifying to me. And there is a huge conversation right now going on around how we teach our young people about yeah. boundaries and consent. And I wanted to think about, you know, kind of just how for any of my listeners that are also raising young people, male or female, um, identifying, how how do you think this conversation can start at a young age um, so that we don't grow up another generation of people who have a really hard time talking about boundaries and figuring out what consent looks like? Um, and so okay. kind of putting you on the spot with that, no, but I do think this is a great conversation for young people because I've been trying to figure out, I've talked to my children about consent yeah. for sure, but the YouTube video about making a cup of tea analogy, they're like, oh my gosh, I don't, I don't want to, I don't know if you've heard that one where there's this, the, so there's this video about like, you know, ask somebody if they would like a cup of tea. They may change their mind about whether they want that cup of tea or not. <laughs> if they don't want tea anymore, you can't force them yeah, to drink tea. That doesn't tea. work for kids. You know, no. and, and and so I, what does? Talking what about tickling, non-consensual tickling, excessive tickling. Yeah. All kids know when somebody tickles them past the point where they're happy to be tickled, right? Yes. Like, Absolutely. Now, some tickling can be fun. Absolutely delightful, especially if the person is a good tickler, which means that they're not just like going at you nonstop, full and fast and not letting you breathe, but maybe like a little tickle here and then they pause and maybe another little tickle here and they pause. You know how kids, they like kind of like run together and then they run apart and then they kind of run back together again and they run apart again, like toddlers, you know, like a good tickler observes the experience of the tickly, the person being tickled. Yeah. (laughs) Let's nerd out on this for a minute. Okay. Love it. And, 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 and monitors gauges paces their enjoyment level and it, it, are, are they really having fun here all right i'll do a little bit more but not too much more right like like and then so there there can be delightful tickling and kids yeah. know it when somebody is aware of their enjoyment and 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 not going too much too hard too fast too long kids know it and if it, like my son and I, like I tickle him a little bit. It's delightful. Yeah. He's nine years old. You know, he's a cute yeah. little boy. Um, 
And I also am very careful and conscious not to tickle too much where he gets into this place of panic, fight or flight, like, oh my God, this is too much. I, ah, and he has no power because I'm the big one with all the power and he's just a little tiny child and my son, you know, like, so talking about tickling is way better uh, yeah. for, for kids, you know, like pre, at, pre um, uh, 13, you know, like before puberty. Yeah. Uh, it's a great segue because then at puberty or before puberty, around puberty, you can transition into talking about sex rather than tickling. Right. right. And what if somebody like wants to get in your pants and you're like, no, I was okay with a kiss, but I wasn't, I'm not okay with you getting in my pants. Yeah. You know, well, that's kind of like the tickling conversation. Pacing, yeah. right? Are you pacing each other in mm -hmm. that dance? Are you staying engaged, et cetera? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, but I, okay, I'm going to say one other thing. This isn't exactly about boundaries and consent, but in terms of sex education for our children, yeah. Um, get an anatomical chart book on Amazon. Uh, you just get a, a, a large book, like 11 by 17 book of charts. And there's a chart in there of the nervous system, a chart, in, anatomical drawings is what I'm talking about, of the skeletal mm -hmm. system, of the muscular system, digestive system, reproductive system, yeah. you know, uh, uh, endocrine system. We got all these different systems. And the reproductive system will be one of all of that, right? And yeah. the kids are, they want to know, they want to see what's inside yeah. and then be there to answer their questions you right. know, about what's inside of them, yeah. you know, and just, this makes it normal. It's just right. part of the body. It's not this like thing that's trigger prone minefield that we have to be scared of talking about. It's just part right. of the whole body, you know? Right. Okay. So let's see what's the difference between a penis and a vagina. Let's look at the drawings of them and let's have a conversation about that. And then if you're showing up for them in, yeah. in a, a delightful, playful, relaxed manner with any of their questions about the body, then, then they, that builds trust and builds the awareness in them that they can come to you to talk about these body questions that they have. And don't you yeah. want them to come to you? I mean, now, I if you do, I think this is a good way forward. If you don't, if you're not comfortable having those conversations, then okay, get in some help. Like yeah. find a sex educator that you can connect them with. Um, you know, and if you don't know the answer to their question, say, I don't know, be honest. Right. Say, I don't, that's a great question. Wow. Let's sit down and Google this and like come up with some answers and dive. And then they feel collaboration with you. And what you're doing is you're teaching them that that is normal mm -hmm. and that that is acceptable behavior from a possible future partner because they're modeling off of you for who they're going to look for in a mate. Right. Well, and then we're raising a generation of people who don't have to go back and read books about how to undo all these things that we've been taught our whole lives, which I'm so grateful that we have those tools right now for those of us in this generation. But it is always my greatest hope that we're going to be able to raise up another generation of people who are able to look at things a little bit more consciously and not have to have all of the deprogramming. Oh, that God. If we, we can not train our children to have shame around pleasure, just oh. that alone is life changing. Alone. But Absolutely. like if we have shame about pleasure, like for example, masturbating, touching ourselves, if we have shame about that, can we recognize that and at least try not to pass that on? Right. You know, it's it's a natural thing for kids to touch themselves. These the our genitals Amen. have how many pleasure thousands sensors. of pleasure nerve endings? Like, of course they're gonna want to touch their they're in the exploratory phase of right. like learning this body that they're in. Of course, and why wouldn't touch. you want them to? Well, you don't right? want to like... shame that. You don't want to shame that. But so many parents uh, we as parents often are really locked up with a lot of shame about our kids and masturbation, and we don't know how to navigate that conversation. Yeah. You know, 
tell them, yeah, it's okay to touch yourself. Isn't that a lovely place on your body to touch? No, where we do that is in your bedroom and you close the door after bath time or in bed alone. Yeah. Right. We don't do that. Like this is you give them a place where they can relax. They have a playground right. that they can play in that is not going to barge in. It's not like, and yeah. like you don't just leave it at that. Let them explore their bodies. Don't shame them. Then Amen. like as they grow into adults, they're going to be such an empowered individual. Right. I love it. They're going to be people who are able to talk about sex without shame. And it's such a beautiful thing. Uh, well, I feel like our time is coming to a close here, but I feel like I could also talk to you for time <laughs> immemorable about all of this stuff. Is there anything that you would really love my listeners to know about the book or about, you know, unshaming or any of those types of things? Any, oh. any last nuggets that you want to impart? Well, if any of this is resonating with anybody who's listening, um, you know, please support getting this message out into the world. And a simple way that you can support me to do that is by giving me a review on Amazon. It's so hard to get a, a, you know somebody to actually click on five stars and, and leave a review, but that helps build traction and momentum for me. It's a little mm-hmm. thing. It just takes a click, write a sentence about like something that jumped out at you that helped you in your life, you know, as your like testimonial review, like that would really help me. I get censored left and right. And all I'm doing is sex ed and like right. intimacy education and, and communication tools. Like that's all I'm so doing. So important. Yeah. So just that. Anybody wants any information, you can go to consciouscock.com. I've got a bunch of free downloads there, uh, worksheets and how-to guides from like how to spice up your relationship to great conversation starters. So like, what if you're interested in a threesome? Like, yes, no, maybe worksheet about possible sexy things you might want to do with your partner, but you don't know where to start. Like there's just tons (laughs) there. So thanks for asking. Absolutely. And of course, all those notes will be in the show notes, links to those things. Christopher, thank you so much. Thank you for the work that you're doing, for the book that you wrote. I have benefited deeply from it. I think my husband will have too. And by the end of the weekend, I bet. And, uh, and I just think that it's, it's such amazing work and getting this word out is super important to me. So thank you for coming on the show, being with us and doing the work that you do. Anya, thank you for having your podcast and making <laughs> these conversations possible for the world. And, you know, simply by having these shows, you are demonstrating for people that it's okay to have conversations about these kind of trigger prone topics where there might be dragons like, oh, this is dangerous territory, <laughs> but you're modeling for people. It's okay. We can, we can discuss these things. We can think yes, about please. these things, etc. And to anybody who's listening right now, thank you for showing up and listening. Like even that is just wonderful. So kudos to you for like doing the good work of investigating, allowing these aspects of yourself that normally we keep behind closed doors to breathe and and get some new information and maybe some inspiration and stuff like that. Amen. Thank you so much. 